Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, one question I often get asked is, how can I listen to ad-free shows? Well, the answer is simple. You plug directly into your normal podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, and you do that through an RSS link. And then you just listen like you always would, except no commercials. Here's something else you may not know. You not only get the shows early and ad-free, but you also get a ton of bonus content with adfreeshows.com. You also get early access to many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts, from William Regal's new show to the Road Dog Brian James to Matt Hardy and so much more, starting at just $9. So quick Scott Steiner math tells us that's less than 20 cents an episode each month. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered that adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling today. Check it out for yourself at adfreeshows.com. And if you're looking for the ultimate gift for the wrestling fan this Father's Day, you can now give the gift of ad-free shows. Head over to adfreegift.com right now to purchase an ad-free show subscription to get over with someone special in your life this Father's Day. That's adfreegift.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to DDP Snake Pit. And, of course, we couldn't do it without a pair of Hall of Famers. Of course, first up, everybody's favorite, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, how are you, man? I'm on the dark side of the moon, man. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Again. (laughs) And here we are, jacked and in living color, Mr. Diamond Dallas Page. How are you, DDP? What's up, dude? I'm I'm great, buddy. I'm great, man. Uh, Excited about uh, a lot of different things that we got going on, especially... uh, Coming up to see you at live and in color in person uh, at the, uh, the the tribute to Ric Flair, the last match, the roast, the whole deal. I think it's going to be amazing. Going to do a DDP yoga workshop up there. It looks like we haven't finalized all that, but we're uh, you know it looks pretty good. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun, and I'm hoping that uh, everybody gets to meet all their favorites, all the favorite boys and girls. There's going to be like 100 different superstars there at StarCast. It's in Nashville, July 29th through the 31st. You can pick up all your tickets and bracelets and go to the panels and everything else at StarCast.com. But the reason we're here today is to talk about some old-school professional wrestling. Uh, and, and Jake, we'll start with you. We're going to talk about the workers today. What wrestler oh taught God. you the most while wrestling him? Like you're in the ring and you think you got it figured out. And then you realize, whoa, there's levels to this. And I just learned something new today. Probably Len Denton. Mm. Got you. Isn't it, isn't it Len that you stumbled when you yeah. fell into the yeah. DDT? Me the DDT. Yeah. I, I invented the DDT with him, but we had to go out. We, we were in a time in uh, mid South and we had the uh, lovely spot of putting the time in uh, for the card. And they wanted about 45, 50 minutes every night. And uh, it had to be really good because the main event was Junkyard Dog and Bill Watts against Freebirds. And uh, Bill expected a lot out of you anyway. But uh, in that position, we had to go out and really go for 45. And we did. And it used to kill me. I'd be in the back and 
I wouldn't even have my boots off and they'd be coming back from their match. <laughs> you know? And I just shook my head. Uh, Bill looked at me and said, kid, you learned a lot tonight. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Lynn Denton and I being out there was amazing. Another guy that taught me early on was a guy by the name of Moose Murawski. Mm. And uh, he, he was a 300-pound man, and he took me when I was green as a gourd. And um, I was out in Vancouver, British Columbia, and uh, the greatest thrill of my life was when I first went up there, they were drawing about 2,200 fans, 2,300 fans. And then we did a program and we sold out mm. in a cage match. And uh, it was unbelievable you know, to have 10,000 people watching. And um, Moose just went out there and just bullied me around and tossed me around like a rag doll. But uh, at the same time, he would give it to me to give back to him. And I learned a lot from him. You know, uh, for, for, for me being at the power plant and cause you know, we didn't have that road, like, like Jake has completely different animal. And the luckiest thing that happened to me was that Terry Taylor, Terry Taylor would come down there on his own time. He did not have to, he was already being booked. You know, he, he, he had a full schedule, but Terry would come down. And he worked with me, Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H. Uh, he spent a lot of time with us. And I remember one time, incidentally, after we were at the, uh, uh, you know, got done working out, we went to uh, a gentleman's club, <laughs> strip joint, and it was me and, and, uh, and earmuffs, Jake. Um, <laughs> uh, it was me and Terry and Paul. And Paul, Paul didn't drink, you know, Paul was like choir boy back then. He still doesn't drink. He might have a couple beers here or there, but he doesn't drink. And uh, he'd gone to the uh, restroom and, uh, and Terry looked at me and he went, I like, I like this kid. You know, he had just come in and he said, he's got your work ethic. I said, yeah, and his age. And it was like 14 years younger than me, but where I got lucky was actually getting books with Terry out, you know, because everything, everybody was still under the call it out there deal, but you talk about a couple of things. And so you, you knew what your, your opening was, you knew what your heat spot was, you know what your finish was. Well, you know, for me, like I'm one of the first guys besides Randy Savage ever to lay a match out, like what I want to do and know where I'm going because I felt more comfortable, but with Terry, he wasn't going to let you do that. So we get out there and I'll never forget it. He's got me in a reverse chin lock and it might've been, uh, no, I've got him in a reverse chin lock and it's, you know, he's going to come up. You don't say get up or whatever. It's just, um, um, tackle, drop down, hip toss, arm drag, something as simple as that. And he went, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I, I've got him down. He ain't going anywhere. Okay. Tackle, drop down, you know, uh, hip toss, arm drag. Ready? No, 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 no. Because <laughs> we haven't talked about it. I don't have my head yet. He goes, we're doing it. And now he's fighting up. And then as they go, boom, as he, as, as he sends off, he goes, tackle. Boom. Freaking, as I'm going, drop down hip toss, arm drag, and when he grab, grabbed the arm drag, I grabbed the arm drag, it was like, that was so easy. Yeah. No, but it was so, because he talked to me while he was doing it, and you never noticed it. You know, it's the magic trick. And, like, I talked to Cody when, you know, these kids today, they don't do that. Do they lay shit out? Yes, they do. But from what I hear, and Coach told me, like, that match he had with Wardlow, the first one, where I saw Wardlow, wow, that kid stepped up. And I knew he was going to be in the spot he is today. Right. Because of the re being remembered, but not, like, rushing from one to a spot to another to another to another, like, forgetting where you're going. He knew how to take his time. Like, it was something instinctive, and he was learning as he was going, not working. Like, 
he worked every single day, folks, probably six days a week. Seven. You know, <laughs> you know that, that's when you were on top. I'm talking about the beginning. Oh. The beginning is so hard. And you know, you were stiff as a board. Oh, God. Oh, and I can remember I was Terry. a stick man. That, that's the way I was in me and Terry go, lighten up, lighten up. Bend. Lighten up. You Bend know? your arm. You know, because if, <laughs> if you, you grab them and you grab them, I can't do anything. You can't <sighs> dance if you don't loosen up. And he would say that, loosen up, loosen up to me. But, um, you know, Cody told me they, they don't talk at all. Like, what? Like, I laid shit out and I got ridiculed from so many people until I got to Savage, who did the same thing. But there was never any ridicule from to Randy, but that was the magic between me and Randy. And that's why it worked so well, because we did lay that out, but I called it preparation with improvisation because it's never exactly what I laid out in the back. Shit's going to change. Things are going to happen. You might get knocked out, which happened to me a couple of times. And I knocked out a couple of people. You know what I mean? It, it shit happens. I'm not trying to do that to anybody, you know, but it happens. If I'd have done that, I might've made it. Yeah, maybe you, but dude, you get you coming up as, as you had that all that young time. Yeah. And you had those years of, you weren't Jake the Snake Roberts, nope. you know? And I, I had years of not being who Diamond Dallas Page would be, but it was all that learning experience sure. as, as, as I went through it. So Terry was, once I learned you could also talk in the ring, after you've talked, now you reinforce what's happening so you're both on the same page. I very rarely ever after the first couple of years, didn't know where I was or where I was going or what I was doing because I talked as I went. Because I wanted to make sure you heard what we said in the back. <laughs> you know? The improvisation was the fun. Yeah, it really was. It really was. Uh, what was uh, your opinion, Jake? Who was the best at calling it in the ring that you ever worked with? Oh, God, I don't know. Just name some that, greats. Maybe not the very best, but just off the top of your head, some that oh you my remember. God. Man, you caught me blind there. Well, I will we'll throw in like like Hulk would yeah, he listened in the back a little bit, but he no, we're calling it out there. Because that's what he knew. And that's all he knew. I was it was the greatest compliment in the world to me. One we're gonna work in Toronto. And uh he goes, Diamond. And we haven't talked about the match or anything, but he came in and he said, when you go to throw the boot at me and I catch it and I spin it, which way do I spin it? And I got up and I said, you got to spin me this way because you spin me the other way. I won't get around. But if you spin me this way, my momentum can take me around. Right. Spinning clothesline, which I stole from Mick Foley, mainly because Mick couldn't do it anymore. Because he lost that, he didn't, he didn't just, there are certain things that went out of his repertoire that he replaced with other stuff. And, and that's what you do. Like Jake once told me he had a thousand moves and then he had a hundred moves and then he had five. <laughs> but I did them at the right time. Right. I'd say Lynn Denton was the guy. I mean, he talked to me constantly in the ring and uh, we had a lot of fun. You know, sometimes he'd rib me with a spot, you know. <laughs> He'd say one tackle, drop down, hip toss. And then whenever I'd drop down, he'd just drop on top of me and beat the shit out of me, you know, <laughs> just for a rib. And that was, that was the same way when me and you worked in, uh, in, uh, in Singapore yeah. and in Philippines. Yeah. And I got to work with Jake, which was really great. And, and I remember saying to him, though, when he had moved into my house the first time and, um, and I tried the torn rotator cup in 92 yeah. or whatever year that was. And I remember him saying, I was like, man, I can't wait to get in the ring with you. I can't wait to get in the ring. And we spent a lot of time in a power plant-esque, meaning teaching time rings. Jake spent a lot of time with me in there. But he said, you're going to learn more with me sitting on the couch, watching all those tapes you have of all those yep. matches you have, you know, than you're ever going to learn from me in the ring. Because here I'm going to be able to explain to you and hit pause and ask you questions and blah, blah, blah. That was, that was a huge, I think that was bigger 
than anything I had done, not think, I know it was bigger than anything I had done up to that moment because we could talk about it. We could talk about it and I could question you about it and we could sit there for two or three hours, but I can't go in the ring and go head to head with you for two or three hours. Right. It ain't going to happen. Right. Nor do you want to. Nor do I want to or would I be caught dead doing it? (laughs) My body wouldn't take it anymore. So Dallas, you know, one of the things that you've become pretty famous for, and, and I guess maybe the guy who did it before you that we've all heard about as fans is the macho man, Randy Savage, in terms of laying out everything ahead of time. Was he the best that you ran across of, of laying it out ahead of time? Was Savage number one? Well, he was the only one, <laughs> you know, like I had heard the legend of, but yeah, I remember I was, I, I'd gotten to meet Randy and hang out with him. And occasionally I'd be at the bar, you know, when I'm doing one of my 40 gimmicks that I was doing, uh, you know, and he would come up and he would talk to me a little bit of, he'd give me little sprinkles, you know? So by the time we'd actually worked together and I had heard the stories of him laying out. And then later on, like a lot of the boys didn't want to say they did that. But a lot of them did, like that Warrior Hogan match yeah. was laid out. Pat Patterson man. laid the damn thing out, you know. But if you don't really do it all the time, it's challenging to do it. Damn so right. back before there was um, iPhones, there was a thing called the Pine Palm Pilot. And I had written down, because if you go look at all my matches, they're all different. But there's all certain spots that you might have seen in match one, five, and nine, you know, 139, whatever number it was. I had all these opening spots because I couldn't remember them all. I had all these heat spots. I had all these comeback, you know, false finish spots. I had all these comeback spots. Like one of my favorite one was if I'm working with somebody in a house show or, or it's a, a top angle, I'm going to beat me down in the corner somehow by screwing me, beat me down, choke me out, walk out to the middle of the ring, do the bang. And by the time he turned, I grabbed the ropes, sprung myself up, grabbed them by the throat, threw them in a turnbuckle, bing, 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 bing. Place is coming, 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 shoot it off. Me, DDT me. And I gave them their spot. Right. I gave them, I gave them their heat spot. I gave them their be my comeback spot and I gave them their put me back down spot. Yeah. So I, I put those together like that and I made a mistake when I went, because I was so proud of myself with all this shit, you know, because I'd figure out a way, oh, to move the business to the next level. Cause every fucking body does it today. Everybody. So, because all that old school guys are gone. It's all the new breed. And every single person does it today in their own way. But I made a mistake of telling Vince McMahon that on my first meeting. And he just held that back in the back in his little file back there. And that was a heat spot for me. And again, it was something I had to deal with. I thought, oh, but Randy can do it, <laughs> you know, but it is what it is. And it's, a, it's another thing of filming the matches. Nobody filmed their matches before me, did they, no. Jake? Hell no. Nobody. God, nope. we used to drive us crazy trying <laughs> to find a place to film from. So Are you going to film it for me? Yes, I'll film it for you. <sighs> So by now, you know, that on this show, we're all about getting better. And one of the ways I've started to get better is I'm using athletic greens, AG one every single morning. And I have to admit at first I was a little skeptical because my wife recommended it to me and well, she's recommended some things that don't taste all that great, but not only does it taste pretty good, I'm actually feeling better than ever. And I give 100% of the credit to that to AG one. Let me explain what's going on here. AG one and just one scoop every day, one delicious scoop every day has you absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day out. Right. This special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, your aging, all the things 
But what's worked for us is it's easy to travel with. It doesn't taste bad. Uh, and man, I just know that I'm getting everything I need in one single serving every day. Uh, I also want to mention, because this is important to me. If you have a weird diet, maybe you're, uh, trying some new things. Maybe you're keto, maybe you're paleo, maybe you're vegan, maybe you're dairy free, maybe you're gluten free. AG one is still for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial, anything. And it still tastes good. Uh, it's also going to support better sleep quality and recovery. It's going to support mental clarity and alertness. And by the way, it's pretty doggone affordable. It costs you less than $3 a day. And really you're investing in your health and that's probably cheaper than whatever you're spending on your coffee, right? Uh, it's cheaper than getting all these different supplements yourselves. And this is almost like investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. But what I'm most excited about is you don't have to take my word for this. Seriously, go just check out Athletic Greens reviews. What you'll find is more than 7,000 five-star reviews. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Snake. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Snake to take advantage and take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance that's athleticgreens.com forward slash DDP snake. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Jake, in your opinion, uh, who who knew how to be a baby face better than anybody? Ricky Morton. Yeah. Reach I, say, I say both Rickies. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Morton and Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. yeah. And then Sting. You know, Sting's a great baby face, man. But but Ricky, man, Ricky make you cry. Oh, yeah. He was such fun. He was fun for the the people watching the kids, especially. You know, the, the Rock and Roll Express had their niche, man, and they uh they carried it all the way to the top. Yeah, they did. 1986, and, uh, they were one of the the hottest acts in the entire industry. Oh my god. Yeah. It was incredible, man. I can remember the birds, you know, especially Michael PS Hayes telling these stories about, you know, the rock and roll and like, dude, like you don't even know. I know what you saw. You saw. You thought you saw on TV, but you don't know what it was like at the shows. He goes, these guys were like the Beatles. Yeah, I mean they were. They were. You know, Ricky they were and gods, Robert, man. They were that hot. They were that hot, and still, two of the great. You know, one. It was a huge honor for me to go in the Hall of Fame with both those cats. Yeah. Because I was so happy that they were recognized, you know, because you never know who's going to get recognized or not. But, you know, and you're not, you know, all you got to do is watch one match, right? You yeah. know, yeah. from that era. And you know, them motherfuckers were gold, you know, period. Uh, who knew how to be a heel better than anybody else, Dallas? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're going to go back up in public, if you will. Don't forget about Dusty Rhodes. Oh, hard to beat that. And Dusty Rhodes oh, was one of the greatest baby faces of all time. Yeah. Like, you know. That's a whole different thing there. Yeah, but we, I know it's yeah. working baby face, but he still, he could sell his ass off. Yeah. He was like, it's kind of like we put the rock in his own category. Yeah. Because of got his what own. he's transcended to. Uh, that's the way Dusty was. As a baby face, man, I can remember one of the reasons when I was working Florida championship wrestling and I mainly was because Michael Graham had brought me in to put me with Dusty and Gordon was there that day and Steve Kern and, uh, and Dusty had told me, you know, 
you know, that he was going to bring me in and, you know, and, and, and really, really take me under his wing. That right there, man, was freaking, that was a huge moment in my life. It changed, that, that was the, that perpetuated everything that would, would be to come. The, um, the, the dynamic of working heel versus babyface is, is often discussed. And we, we talked about Ricky Morton and dusty Rhodes and Ricky steamboat as the best baby faces, but I think, and this counts kind of gets swept under the rug. Sometimes Hulk Hogan was an incredible baby face in the eighties, but an unbelievable heel in the nineties. And that's a special talent, isn't it? Jake, don't most guys, oh, absolutely. they're better at one or the other, but Hogan could do both. You can do both. I mean, I did both and it was quite easy for me, but you know, it is a gift. It is a gift, but you gotta be willing to sell, man. And you gotta be willing to do different things. And Hogan was so smart. He was smart about the people he put around him. You know, when you put people around you that just shore you up and and make you go up higher. Right. He had that. He had the outsiders, you know, that, uh, basically lavished him to the top, man. You know, it's really amazing that Hulk was a hero, you know, especially when Hulk came up, there's still people who said, no, this is real. And people would fight over it, you know? I mean, so Hulk is coming over at a time. He's not coming over over at a time, you know, just that, that okay, wrestling's, you know, it's a work. Wrestling's entertainment. We're now called sports entertainers. He came in as a wrestler. You know, and it I goes all the way back. And a lot of people know this story. A lot of people don't. But Hiro Matsudo, like, they thought he was a joke in Florida Championship yeah. Wrestling. And Hiro broke his leg in the ring. Whether it was on purpose or not, I wasn't there. I don't know. All I know is Hulk mended. He came back. That right there. You got some attention. That guy, he, okay, he's back. Okay, and from when I would hear Lato later from from Hulk that Hero was one of his main guys, you know that he had earned his respect, and you know that's all we ever really want, especially when we're coming in, is is to be respected by the cats who got it there to where it is today. But him to come in as a heel, completely believable. The cat's six foot seven, he's three hundred plus pounds, and he's a killer. Like nobody can touch him. But when you take that same guy who's so over, and when he flips, everyone flips, he's still 6'7", yeah. 300 plus pounds. How the hell do you get sympathy with that guy unless you know how to sell? Right. You know, and to be a, you, I, I, Ricky Morton and Ricky Steamboat proved this that it, there are anomalies, but to be a great baby face, I am nowhere near the baby face. I am that got the people <sighs> behind me without being that heel first. Right. You know, cause I would think, God, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you going to the ropes and pulling yourself up? Like <sighs> all the things that I would do later, you know, you know, you've got to be a, you know, a heel normally. And for Hulk is a great point. One of the greatest baby faces ever because he changed the whole business. Yeah. When he when you flip, when you flip from baby face to heel, it's so simple. You turn your back on the fans. Right. You right. Know, you blow them off. And now you've pissed on the very people that loved you. <laughs> you know? And now all you gotta do is just little things to to twist the knife a little bit. And Hulk was good at that. Yeah, he was. He started really, yeah, he he was very good at, you know, with, with the rags on his head to, to everything that he did, changing his colors. People took that shit personally because they believed in him for so long, so long, man. That when when that when that happened, when the NWO thing happened, and Hulk came out there. And, you know, got a pop when he came out there. You think he's going to come out and save the day. But when that son bitch flipped. Oh, brother. And he dropped that leg on Randy. Poor Randy in that scenario. But, of course, look where Randy went just a year later. Yeah. You know, because of what we ended up doing, which was magic. But when Hulk did that, the letters. That just shows you how huge a baby face he was. 
Even though he wasn't like, yo, oh, the red and yellow, it's getting old. What do you do? You flip. And when he flipped, the 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 sound the, the the phones at Turner Broadcasting were shut down. If there would have been an internet, it would have shut down. And there wasn't internet starting then. But if it had any kind of place in the world, it shut the fucker down. You know, and people were you son of a bitch. My kids are crying. Fire so, him! Fire oh, him! So they were so mad. And that just showed you, wow, did that work? If you're the type of person who's always thinking about new business ideas or wondering what's the next side hustle I should spin up, here's a podcast recommendation for you. My first million. The hosts, Sean Puri and Sam Parr, have each built eight-figure businesses and sold them to Amazon and HubSpot. Each week, they brainstorm business ideas that you can start tomorrow. They can be side hustles that make you a few grand a month, a big billion dollar idea, or anything in between. One episode I loved was number 158, where Sam and Shaw explained how to make millions by buying Michael Jordan's house and turning it into a museum. If you love any of our business content we do on the show, I think you'd love this episode. They also chat with founders, celebrities, and billionaires, and get them to open up about business ideas they've never shared before. Like check out their conversation with Rob Deerdeck in episode 224, where you're here about a guy who has built a $400 million media empire who's been tracking every second of his day for the last decade. Be sure to check out my first million. That's my first million on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. But see how smart was that? Because Hogan was smart enough to know that he was getting close to the end. So. You're beaten, battered, and now you're changing companies. So you're going to have to do something really special. Yeah. Well, he did. He did. He flipped on them. When it comes down to um, the best workers, a lot of times these days, Dallas, the conversation goes to, well, the best wrestlers are in Japan. Did you have any great matches in Japan or with Japanese wrestlers? Who were some of the best that, that you worked with where you thought, man, that guy's a hell of a worker? Um, God, I got to work with Chono. He was, you know, he, he was really over. <laughs> yeah. He didn't um, do a whole lot at the end. Yeah. But, um, I didn't work a lot with them and some of the guys would be perfectly honest. I can't remember their names cause I'm not, I, I have to hear, I have to have someone around me like to remember exactly how to say it. Sure. Um, but I, I worked, I worked with some of the guys. It wasn't really, uh, you know, put towards the program to me because especially coming up um you know i didn't i didn't have that luxury because i wasn't in that spot because i when i was coming up they just kept me down below you know and, and that the highest i ever believed i'd ever ascend to is the bottom of the middle the bottom <laughs> you know and that's where a lot of guys get stuck and they never get to go anywhere so who i got to work with though as I was, you know, starting to come up was the Eddie Guerreros. Yes. The Chris Benoit's. You know, I didn't really get to work with them, but I saw magic in Chris Jericho, who I talk about him often on our show, as I think he's one of the most over cats. You know, they just had that pay-per-view, you know, uh, Jericho appreciation, that, that, that battle bowl type of thing that they did. Uh-huh. You know, that was a top match that was, you know, on the card. Yeah. You know, as far as how the people reacted to that. And Chris, I saw that a lot with him early on. And I did get to work with him a little bit. And it was super easy. He was super easy to dance with, you know. Um, The guys like Chris Canyon, Chris Canyon was his own animal. Me and um, Jericho and uh, Conan and Mysterio all did a, a whole show, you know on um you know talking about you know all the different guys who could really go we were on jordan jericho's cruises jake i saw in my research that way back when you wrestled some pretty big names like hashimoto and kojima what were some of your japanese experiences like (laughs) man i had a rough time over there (laughs) you know i uh i played a trick on those people 
I, uh, I learned this thing when taking a picture with somebody, if you'll step forward at the last minute, that you'll be bigger than them, you know? And I took a picture with Andre. And when the picture come out, I'm only about that much shorter than Andre. And I sent that as my promotional picture to get a job over there. <laughs> Mistake. Yeah. <laughs> so when I came off the plane, they're holding a sign up for Jake Roberts. And I'm walking up and telling them, hey, I'm Jake <clears throat> Roberts. And they're going, no. And they're looking at the picture, and they look at me, and they look at the picture, and they look at me, and they go, you shit boy. You were named shit boy. <laughs> and they beat the dog shit out of me every night. But uh, later on, I did get a chance to work with Hashimoto and uh, Kazatsu. Uh, my favorite to work with over there was uh, Kimura. And uh, he basically wrestled American style. Right. And you could yeah. see that right around then. A few of the boys were making that transition, yeah. you know, trying to make that over. And I will never forget when I went over to Japan, but I went with the company. I went with WWE and I was listening to the crowd. The first few matches, I think I was like a number four or five with Christian or something. And I came up to Shane who uh, Shane McMahon, who was, you know, he was the head guy on that tour. And I said, Shane, let me grab the mic when I get out there. I, I just, I'm listening to them and it sounds like they're with all our shit. And I went out there and I'm figuring it's not a bad thing. They all, oh, it's a good thing. I mean, yo, you will feel the, bah. I mean, they, they got with the stuff that they had heard and they could sound just like Americans and that. Yeah. So it's kind of like music, right? When you've got some kind of hook, there's, I don't care if they're Everybody German or it. French, when it gets to, you know, she loves you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're going to sound exactly like you. Yeah. Because oh. they've heard that enough, the repetition can get that those words out. And I was like blown away. Like, oh my God, they're really, and that was 20. That was 2002. I think it was you and uh, Haku uh, for the European title. You picked up a win there at the Yokohama Arena in five and a half minutes. Damn. I hope he doesn't have podcasts because he knows I where you live. Haku. I wrestled Haku and I told him, I said, dude, if that had been a street fight, I'd have given up four times. <laughs> I'll tell you one of the nicest human beings. Thank God on the planet. <laughs> I mean, I love that guy, man. He is, he's a, he's a classic. He's got some, his boys, I would imagine at some point you're going to see his boys out there because I met them with them one time. There's they're some, they're some big badasses. <laughs> they're, uh, they're doing their thing in New Japan right now, multiple-time New Japan champs. I think it's just a matter of time before they make a big impression. Here uh, they're, com they're coming. <laughs> they're coming. I pity the fool. I pity the fool. <laughs> Uh, Jake, let's talk about Mexico. You had some pretty famous matches down there. Did you run across any oh, really talented performers down that way? Oh yeah, Eddie, <sighs> you know, and, uh, and, uh, oh God, what, you just said his name, Jesus Christ, brain fart. Oh, Mysterio. Mysterio. Oh yeah. Now, when I first seen Mysterio, he was 16 years old. Right. And I thought he was just a fan that was hanging around in the back. Like somebody will get this fucking kid out of here. Yeah. You're wrestling him. What? Look, at, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and of course my job down there was to swat him out of the air, which was, <laughs> I, I, you know, it wasn't me, but they told me, said, Jake, you don't go down for drop kicks. You just knock them down. You know, just knock them down. Well, you were a giant. Down yeah. Too. You know, to, compared to the rest of those guys down there. But you know, once again, you know, I wrestled uh, several of the guys down there. Oh, I can't remember names, but I, I love to wrestle the old guy. Uh, Pedro Guayo. Pedro Guayo. Yeah, man. You know, and he's just, he knew how to dance. He didn't do much. Yeah. He didn't have to. Because he didn't have to. That's one of the beautiful things. About I'd sell. It. He'd yep. do his furry boots and do this shit. And, you know, and that's one of the things about the Mexican people, which I love. And Japanese, like you could be working that territory. You get out there at seven years old, they're still going to get with you. Oh yeah, so they respect and the fuck like, out of you. Like huge respect, and that's what we're going to see 
you know, at Ric Flair's last match. Oh, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's the same thing, but it took a while. It took someone like Rick to really get it. Cause I can remember when, uh, when Dory Funk went, uh, I want to say 20 minutes with uh, Nick Bockwinkle at uh, uh, WCW. I can't remember what pay-per-view it was at or, or if it was a Saturday night, whatever uh, thing that they did for primetime. But the people were with it, but they weren't with it the way they're going to be. And different no, characters. No. Yeah, different. But they, it's, it's like sort of like it took a while for the wrestling fans to really respect the older fans. Yeah. Like when when I showed up on on uh, on AEW and got in the ring and lit it up for the comeback and came up the top. Like they went they went crazy, but they did the same thing for when uh, Tully Blanchard was out there and and killing it. And then the thing they did with the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. Like today, like our generations of wrestling fans, they respect everything. Oh. And I think so much because it has to do oh. with, you got to give YouTube and the network, which now is on Peacock, you know, that, you know, what's old is new. Yeah, thank you know? God for Peacock, man, because I meet brand new fans every day. Yeah. That obviously weren't born whenever right. I was wrestling. And but, I'm so grateful for those those kids, man. It's great because their parents oh my God. raised on you or me. They're popping. You know, the kid's popping. You got to see. You think that I'm popping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting the money. You know, I mean, it's just really awesome, man. And it, it's, it does be such good to go out to these uh, these signings and, and Comic-Cons and such, man, and, and meet the fans. And you hear their stories about the first time they see me wrestle with who, who whoever was with them is gone now. And it's an emotional moment. Yeah. But, and it makes me realize that for the rest of their life, I'm going to be a part of their life. And uh, to have that spot, man, is a, is a hell of a deal. It feels really good. You know, and um, I've met a lot of people that, you know, that watch the documentary and it's helped them. You can still see that. It's one on Amazon uh, Prime. Amazon Prime. The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. And it's and helped got, a lot of people, man. A lot of people, man. So, you know, and it's turned a lot of people onto what we're doing. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to do a little segue here because we never talk about DPO. We never do it on here. Yeah. But I got to put like at least a, you know, a plug out to that. Anybody who wants to try the program, just go to ddpyoga.com or ddpy.com. Get seven days free on the app. And if you're really looking to turn your life around, you know, the very first thing on the app, it's called the list. And it's the very first thing on the dashboard. If you go to the list, I promise you, if you go to the list, it brings you to this list that I have of things to do. And if you do everything on the list, you want to know why we have so many unbelievable transformations? Jake being one of them, you know, just one of them, uh, he did everything on the list. It's like, what was his why? You know, why did he get involved? Why is he here? And making him, you know, in this spot, it's a different thing because we're dealing with, you know, addiction and stuff. Yeah. But it took a while for him to find it. But knowing what your why is and then setting up the goals and then seeing all of the different, like, documentaries I have you watch are like The Resurrection, Jake the Snake, yeah. are like Relentless, a movie like Rudy, you know, that makes you believe like, wow, look at that guy. Look what he did. You know, then it's then Magic. I educate you like food, Inc., genetic roulette, GMO, if you watch those documentaries, then you know what the food's doing to you. It, it's like it's an awakening. It's a shifting. So that, you know, that, that's my little plug for the program. I'm going to mention occasionally on these programs from now on, because just go to the app, go download it. It costs you nothing. I dare you to try it. I double dog there you. There you go. And tell me it don't work. You're a liar. <laughs> Psst. Who's going to take care of your family if something happens to you? What would they do without your income? If you don't have a plan, you need to go to goliathlife.com. Get a quick quote for more than 20 carriers. You don't even have to leave the house. If you need a medical exam, they'll send somebody to your house or office. You're in total control. You pick the rates, you pick the payments, you pick the terms. You're in total control but it gives you and your family peace of mind 
What if something happens to your income? Hurry to goliathlife.com. Well, we know there's a lot of great workers that we're talking about today, but I often think that maybe the brawlers don't get their just due. And Jake, you were around for some of Bruiser Brody's era, and man, what a legend he was. Gone way too soon. But you want to talk about an impression. That guy left an impression oh on the folks in the business and certainly the folks in the seats, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I had the uh, pleasure of refereeing some of his matches. And um, it was scary being in there because he made you believe. And if you didn't believe, he's going to run over your ass. <laughs> if you got in the way, he'd run over your ass. Because he did, I don't think he really knew which way he was going to go for the next step. He just went. And uh, wherever he went, he wanted to. And nothing's going to stop him. Uh, I've never seen anybody clear out an arena like he could by simply going into the crowd. You know, a lot of guys might think they'll go into the crowd. They'll second think themselves when they get out there. But Brody never second thought himself, man. He, he just charged out there and he moved waves of people. And uh, rightfully so. He was a monster. Huge man, and he just had that look, and, and the way he walked and everything was there. It was like some giant animal that was just there to eat and kill and <laughs> devastate. You know, but I, I, if, if, if you know, if I was a you know <laughs> an enhancement guy in that spot, oh god, going against Brody, I mean, I would be scared. Yeah, you know, because yeah. he was scary, man. He, he was he was believable. I and think so. anybody has ever been in the business. Yeah. Like, like okay, you do what? <laughs> and what was really crazy is in Louisiana, they tagged them up, Stan Hansen and Brody. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Well, I remember Hansen going up into the balcony in, in home of Louisiana, beating up a guy and then coming back down. Get in the ring, and the guy that he was in the ring with still had his arm in the same position. He just went grab the hold. <laughs> I, I didn't count him out. I'll tell you that. I wasn't counting that some bitch out. If you go back to the Japan stuff, when they came to like, if you've, if you've never seen like Brody or, or Stan Hansen in Japan, like, and then you see them people running for their lives, yes. like that shit's crazy, man. That shit was crazy. Like the Japanese people really have gone through a, a really uh, an amazing change and shift over the years. Yeah, they, they used to be the well, it was one know, clap. Yeah, <laughs> and then they didn't make a lot of noise. They do now. <laughs> yes, they do. And let's talk about that. Wrestling has changed quite a bit. You know, in more recent years, you know, Kurt Angle, Brian Danielson, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega—they've all been mentioned as being one of the best in the world. What do you think of of a Kenny Omega the first time you saw that style, Dallas? Oh, I tell you, you want to know the first time I'd seen him? I was blown away how he could take the punishment, not just give it, yeah. but take the punishment. Felt the same way about the Young Bucks. Yeah, I was like, how are they doing all of this, taking this impact? That and I'm talking about bumps on the apron, which yeah. is, is which is what's outside the hardest, of the ring. The hardest shit there is. You might as well take a bump right here. This would be softer <laughs> with a little piece of rubber on top. And I mean, watching the the moves. I'll, I'll tell you one of the ways that Kenny Omega can still do what he does, and this is not paid for advertising, but I'm gonna tell you, my boy Kent Backler up at um, Life Med Institute in Baltimore. That's where my, my, he takes care of all the boys. He's had so many of the boys up there getting the stem cells. Kenny, like me, he's trying to fight back the hands of time so he can continue to do what he's doing. But my boy, Ken, he takes care of the boys up there. He doesn't give it to them, but he ain't making no money on it. Not for them. He's taking care of the boys up there that go up there and get the stem cell replacement. So Kenny's not, not doing stuff. You're like, he's doing everything to be able to do it. But when I first watched him in the ring, you know, and then heard his story, how he was down at the performance center in yeah. WWE and kind of realized 
this is not for him. And left on his own. He didn't get let go. Wow. You know, he pulled a, it wasn't the same kind of deal that Cody pulled, making the big money and then yeah. walked away. But he still had the insight to know this ain't I'm gonna bring something special to this this world of professional wrestling. And he has. Yeah. I think that you know, so he impressed me over the just blew my mind. I couldn't believe the things that and knowing it's like you've we've all been like this in the back where you're walking around like this because your body's so beat up. First time I ever really saw it was when I first started wrestling and Terry Funk, who was a fucking killer out there. Yeah. Terry was hunched over and he was the nicest, quietest, sweetest human being on the planet. But then that guy go out there and just be an animal. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite artists ever in our business is Terry Funk. Yeah. And watching him all the way through. But again, uh, Kenny Omega, uh, I just couldn't believe the moves that he could do. I, 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 I especially loved when Jericho, you know, you know how I feel about him fucking went over there and he sold out the Tokyo dome. I mean, putting that two Americans on top that could do that and That's put in 60,000 people, you know, it, it says a lot. And when Cody saw, talked about, we could sell out 10,000 seats. It wasn't him. It was him. The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Yes. Like that was that was the four guys. And those are the four guys who really started the AEW. Oh, they're they're the guys, you know. So they made a pretty big impact. <laughs> I, I think they did okay. Somebody else who yeah, did okay. Did. Uh Kurt I, Angle. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you one thing though. I think I I wanna say the first time I'd you know, was paying attention. I'd already watched their matches or whatever, but I caught a highlight film and it was just seven minutes, but it was the young bucks and Kenny and uh, the eight, the, uh, the Japanese kid, uh, golden. Uh, uh, oh, Kota Ibushi. Yeah. Yeah. That might be it. I, I can't remember his, his name, but good, good looking kid. It's those two. It was just, the highlights oh god of the bumps yeah on the plane you know you go oh my god i mean people are oh, I got my headset on and i was went, oh my god like what the fuck? nine times watching this highlight reel then i went back and watched the whole match which was probably like 28 minutes or 26 minutes or something but wow the punishment that those cats put on their body I mean, it's a lot, and they, they, it, it's they love popping the people, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I love watching Kenny work uh, out there. He's so amazing. He gives it and he takes it. You know, there's a lot of guys that can go out and punish people. Yeah, but Kenny sets himself up to be punished. <laughs> yeah, he does. And that's pretty amazing. And I've had the fortune, of, you know, being at AEW to watch him several times. And anytime I see that he's on the card, I'm there watching, you know, and uh, between him and, and the Japanese cats, man. Oh, my God. Not the Japanese, but the, 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 no, the, the brothers, Lucha Bros. Lucha Brothers. Yeah, like, whew. oh, my God. Yeah, I, I think Ray Phoenix. Guys. Ray Phoenix might be one of the most underrated wrestlers in the world. Absolutely. Um, Without a doubt. I, I, I want to mention my favorite. I thought he was the best wrestler in the world since about Oh three, Brian Danielson. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> Brian Danielson Brian has been described oh, yeah. by Mr. Regal as being a perfect wrestler. He said, if there ever yeah. was a perfect wrestler, it's Brian Danielson. You've yeah. seen them all, Jake. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I'm, I'm going to take you back a few years. I was doing a signing. I can't remember where it was somewhere in the Midwest. And I seen this Brian Danielson was going to be there. I'd seen him a couple of times on WWF as WWE, and they let him go. Well, they didn't let him go. He he asked for his release. Okay. Well, they, yeah. He asked back. for he asked for his release. Hey, they letting that cat go. Right. Way back. But, but he this is way back. It. Are you talking about before? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is way back. Oh, okay. He got to let go. 
he'd done something. I can't remember what he'd done, but he'd done something and they, they let him get fired and let him go. And he was so depressed. And he came to me and he's like, Jake says, you know, you may have heard I got in trouble, blah, blah, blah. It's something stupid. I can't remember what it he was. He choked Justin Roberts with a tie and that was a no, no. Okay. Yeah. He did what? Yeah, I don't know if you remember the Nexus angle, but Nexus like invaded Raw and took over the company. Yeah, sure, it was like I remember a gang. That, yeah. Well, they wanted it to look like a gang scene, and they said, "Hey, just destroy everything at ringside." So Brian Danielson's pretty tight with Justin Roberts. He went over, beat him up, and then, of course, the 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 dapper yapper wears a tie. Well, he just pulled it around his neck and was choking him with it, and that was a no no. And they said, "You're out." Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I ne- I never knew that yeah. story. So I talked to him as a brother. Don't worry about it because you got one thing they can't give away. Talent. Talent. <laughs> just just be cool right now. Go over and do something else. It doesn't matter. Just stay cool. You've been, you've been, your hands have been slapped. That's what's going to happen. They're going to get you back. Don't worry. Because you got too much talent to be stopped. And uh boom, a few, I guess six, seven months later, he was back. You know, Regal, Regal pulled me, you know, when I was in Atlanta, he pulled me over. He wanted me to introduce me to him. He says, this guy's going to be one of the best guys ever. I shook his hand. And, you, know, like, you listen to someone like, you know, Stephen Regal, you know, telling you that the guy's going to be good. And you haven't been, you haven't uh, been on the podcast that we've done, Conrad, but long, you know, one of the days, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, whatever, you know, I, I think he's the best guy in the world. You know, I think he is the right best. now. Yeah, I think people can call themselves the best. No, no, there's one guy. Yeah, who can go 60 minute Broadway, and what I loved where he's at right now. He's older. Yep. He he really understands the business. He's savvy. You know, at, at a different level, he understands selling now. Yes. At a different level, where before he could sell, but now you like you 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 you're cheering for him you know, to come on or, you know, wh- whatever the spot is, it's just a different, it's the next level of storytelling devil telling that he's at that very few guys get to. I go back to where, you know, when he was white hot in WWE and I talk about that one spot of him on top of the cage and the entire building. Yes. Doing yes. Yeah. And he's not the poster boy for what, WWE and it was very evident they even booked it around that you know they want some guy who's six foot three or you know 200 and you know 60 pounds they weren't looking for a guy like that nope but that's who the fans wanted yeah so when it when when he guy gets what he got down to his contract for him to go they're like okay go ahead and I always thought that was a mistake losing him because he's you know he at any level you know, but well, I think he's, he's done so much for him already. Yes. You know, he really had. And uh, for them to let him go was just a foolish move. But hey, good for him, though. Yeah. Great, great for him. Good I, for him. I, yeah, I, now, now he'll work less and make more. Right. <laughs> and and, and la- last longer. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention one last name, and, and Dallas, you were able to be in the ring with him in singles action on two separate occasions. Mr. Kurt Angle, how great was Kurt when you finally got to hook up with him in 2001? Man, that cat, he was, he was smooth butter. You know, he was smooth. Like it wasn't like, it it was like, it was like dancing with a partner who's going to make it look real. It wasn't like too, it wasn't too smooth. It was, it was rough enough to be believable. And who's more believable than Kurt Angle besides Brock Lesnar, (laughs) you know? And, uh, the guy, I think he's one of the most entertaining cats of all time. Another, you know, to for him to have been the headliner when I went in the Hall of Fame, I'm in the same class with him. So, you know, super, super cool for me all the way around. But uh, I just thought he was, I thought he was unbelievable, man. I thought that he got, 
he got to really go out there and for, I think it was like a year and just work the house shows and to really learn his craft. And by the time he got there, and what, what really amazed me about him was his comedic timing. You know, like the stuff that he did with Austin and stuff. And when he wore the little hat, you know, with, with his shaved head. And, you know, he, he would, he, he wasn't afraid to make fun of himself, you know, and how have many fun guys like doing that. Yeah. And, and then go out there and then be a killer. And who's going to love and get the people behind him? You suck. You know, and for him, you suck means you're the greatest. Yeah. You know, and that's what the fans are saying. They're not saying Kurt Angle sucks. It's what, you know, at the time, you know, let's build that, that heel deal. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a tribute all the way around. Well, and we're going to try to do a tribute next week to two people we think a lot about. Mr. Johnny B. Bad, a.k.a. Mark Marrow, and, of course, everybody's favorite, the Diamond Doll. You think we got a lot to talk about there next week, Dallas? Yeah, I think oh, so. Boy. I think so. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mark Marrow, I'll tell you what. We'll talk about it, and I'll play. I will play. If you've never seen Mark doing any of his inspirational stuff that he does for kids, he connects to kids. At a different, like adults as well, but to kids, they're the hardest yeah. group of oh, people. Oh man, they'll tear your ass up. Yeah, Ooh. man. I mean, they're they'll just be they'll be on their phones. They'll blister you, man. When that cat starts talking, they listen. They listen. E.F. Hutton there, and we God hope bless him for doing it. And we hope you guys listen next week right here on DDP Snake Pit. See ya.